and welcome to Select Match Time. My name is Simon Cargill and I'm joined as always by Christopher Alex. Hi Chris, how are you? I am very well, Si. How's yourself this week? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Um, so it's the first match of our Elimination Chamber coverage. Couldn't be more excited. Don't know about you? Yeah, I'm, I am eager to get going, man. As I say, as I said on the preview episode, going back and reviewing and re-watching these old Elimination Chamber matches, I forgot just how good some of them were. So yeah, this should be a lot of fun, I hope. Yeah. So we did, um, obviously, an episode on Survivor Series 2001. Probably we both agreed our favourite, or maybe the um, Austin Bishop one, but let's not get back into it. Um, so yeah, we recorded an episode from Survivor Series 2001. We've done two or three now on um, Survivor Series 2003. So it's only natural to start with Survivor Series 2002. What are your memories of this one, Chris? Again, this one again for me kind of I kind of dropped out after 2001, so this was a kind of mid wrestling lull again for me at this at this point in time. Part of the crew, the, the crew of people that dropped off when Austin turned heel, essentially. I don't think it was even that to be honest. At, the, at that time, I think the fact that he was still having to buy pay per views either for 35 quid each. Whether it was on Sky, I remember buying one VHS for like fifteen pounds. Yeah, true. I was like, right, I was like, you know what? I was I was living away at the time, and I think I don't think my bank balance could have possibly taken trying to follow all of WWE at the time. No, that's that's understandable. So I um I was twelve at this point. Um, I remember living with my grandma because um that the house that my mum was buying at the time had fallen through just as um, as we were basically moving out. So we ended up living with my grandma for about six months and this happened to fall in that period. And I remember being very interested at this point. Not um, So we skirted around the expense of um, buying pay-per-views because this was the, um, the, the time of ITV Digital and having a chipped ITV Digital box. So amazing you didn't have one of those, Chris. No, I don't... I... We had an ITV digital box, but we didn't have a chip. We didn't have a chip one. ITV digital. That's that's with the age It doesn't even exist anywhere. You know, like, I don't think you can actually find it anywhere. Um, I think BT were B, I think BT were provided, or they took it. Then they took it over. Possibly. But yeah, that's yeah, that's really. Yeah, yeah I remember you used to just like, have a, um, you used to have a card that you put in, and it basically opened all the channels. <laughs> It's like, hey, do you, hey, do you like internet? Do you think, do you like dial-up? Do you think do you want something equally slow that you got paid for and clears out? Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, also on this pay-per-view, we had Brock Lesnar versus The Big Show. Um, this was where Big Show managed to get, uh, sorry, Brock Lesnar managed to get The Big Show on his shoulders and hit an F5, and then Heyman screws Lesnar over by grabbing his foot and. You, I tell, must remember that. I tell, I tell you what, I, I remember, I remember this because, as I say, I was, li- I was living away, and there is a pub in Leicester. I'm not sure it's still there, called the Saw Point down by the river, just down by Demontford Uni, and they were showing the replay of that the following night when we went down the pub. So I watched, I watched, <laughs> you watched that. I watched Haywood screw, I watched Haywood screw over Lesnar. Yeah, I see. So yeah, so I was uh, that one. I, that one I did see while I had a pint in my hand. Fair enough. And now, 19 years later, people are wondering when uh, Lesnar's coming back so Heyman can choose between him and Reigns. So everything's coming up. <laughs> it's all circular, mate. It's always yeah, all... Exactly. 
Um, so at this point in time, it was very much Raw versus SmackDown. Um, in the summer, Eric Bischoff had been brought in and it was a huge shock because he was obviously the, the guy that was trying to cripple WWE through the, the late 90s, early 2000s with, um, with WCW. Um, he was adamant that, they, that Raw were going to beat SmackDown in the ratings. I did enjoy it at this point in time. And I think this is something that the um, modern brand split could learn from is the fact that you have Raw and SmackDown only pay-per-views for the non-Big Four. Yeah, it's it, it does it does work better that way, as you say. You spe- if you want to, especially when you've got such a huge amount of talent now on both rosters, and we see everyone be let go. It's like Alistair Black being let go the other week. Yeah, it's like no. If you had a paper, if you were doing this and splitting them where you were just having a SmackDown pay per view or whatever, then you know what? You could have actually used him. You could have actually shown how good he is and actually done something with him rather than him just benefiting now by going to AEW. WWE will take this the wrong way and think that what fans will actually want is separate Raw and SmackDown pay per views one a month each. That's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) What we we want is a theme directly into their brains 24 7. This 48 hours of wrestling in 24 hours. Deal with it. Um, yeah, so as, as part of trying to, to build Raw up in the ratings, he created um, what, what he would call his mastermind plan of the Elimination Chamber. He took absolute full credit for it on screen, although the reports are that off screen, it was actually Triple H that came up with the idea. Yeah, there's a there's shock. Triple H taking Triple H credit, takes the credit the... for it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at between Triple H and Eric Bischoff, you've got the two. It's worse than the egos. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so um, the build for this one is is more around the um, the fact that it's the first ever Elimination Chamber match, rather than the, the guys that are in it. Um, the, the champion. So this is for the World Heavyweight Title on Raw. Triple H was given the championship um, as part of the brand split when Bischoff came across. Um, and he'd been feuding with Shawn Michaels, including the street fight that they had at SummerSlam that I'm not going to talk about too much because I'm fairly sure that we'll be doing street fight in the not-too-distant future. But the other guys um, in the match, so you've got Booker T, Kane, Chris Jericho, and Rob Van Dam. Um, quite a strong strong card for a six-month match, I think. Yeah, very strong card. I, just, I mean, it weren't that long since that Chris Jericho was the universal... Champion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, this, um, was, yeah this, this was this was pre. I've lost I lost track of my years then for a minute. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. so it was it was pre. Obviously, Jericho beat Austin and The Rock in the same night to become the Universal. Beat him in the same champion. night. You should go on about it a bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if only we knew. If only, if only there's some way to find out. Yeah, yeah exactly. but so Jericho's Jericho's a big star. RVD's coming off of ECW. So he's still he's still a big attraction. Yeah, because he was the main draw in the um, even when the alliance were going, the crowd used to cheer for Rob Van Dam, even though he was like on the the evil side of that that situation. Kane is Kane is a solid hander. No matter what you may think of him, he's if you want to, you will get a decent match out of Kane for the most part, unless you play with something absolutely awful. But in this kind of in this kind of Layout and this with this kind of people he's talent he's working with, then you know you're gonna get a solid six out of ten match at yeah. the very least from Kane. He does actually fit in quite well. I've just actually looked at it. So you remember 
the Triple H versus Kane storyline uh, that WWE is desperate for you to forget. Uh, Katie Vick, ring any bells? Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> digging, up, digging up Katie Vick. <laughs> digging up Katie Vick. Not literally, well, it's, it's at some point. Uh, so that was in October. So this was that was only a, a month, month and a half before the um, before the elimination chamber match. So they, they should maybe they did play that up on the uh, the recap package at the time, but they've obviously got rid of it on the network now. Or Peacock have got rid of it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not how wholesome family viewing they're really going for. Is it? Not there. exactly. No, <laughs> I wouldn't say so. Um, so yeah, this is uh, the event takes place at Madison Square Garden. I particularly enjoy, as we talked about before, the fact that they have the wrestlers coming out from straight in front of the hard camera because it's an arena that allows you to do that, which means you can really cram uh, cram the crowd around the ring rather than having an entranceway. Um, talked about it before. I, I always enjoy when that's the case. I'm, yeah, I like the little I like the little flippy entrance doors as well. Yeah, big fan, big fan of them. Yeah. Apart from the fact they could probably do with having someone to hold them open for them as they go through. It's like the Hardy Boys did. Yeah, because yeah, there's a few where they push, through, they push through, they can't get smacked in the face as they swing back as they go through. I see. But yeah, if it's automated, you're going to have to be ready for it to walk through. And then you've only got a, a certain uh, grace period before you get crushed in the doors. That would have been an interesting start to proceedings. Oh, my God. Michael's head has exploded. Let's see how- <laughs> Let's see how he's going to be able to cope with this. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have King and JR on commentary. JR references War Games um, pretty heavily throughout. I don't know if um, WWE actually owned the rights to it. They must have owned the rights to it at this point because they owned WCW, didn't they? Yeah, so they bought WWE. I, I love War Games. It's great on NXT and it was brilliant, brilliant gimmick well, back in WCW. Back maybe in the day. someone will vote for it one day, Chris. <laughs> Maybe yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. When we get to series fifteen, we'll see if we do, if we do war games. Yeah, there's um, loads of there's loads of long forgotten w, WCW gimmicks. I love. Tell you all the Halloween Havoc stuff. I'll do all of that. I'll talk, I'll talk about that for days. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You, well, we'll have another Halloween special this year, and you'll have your opportunity to do it. Um, Eric Bischoff comes out first. Um, at first, I thought this was just an opportunity for him to glow. And go on about the dimensions, as we mentioned in the preview before. Um, but he does he does use this opportunity to uh, explain the rules, along with bang a pipe against the side, so you know it's real metal. <laughs> It'd be great if it just crumpled. If it was just, <laughs> just, just paper wrapped in tin foil. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd so, love it more if it come out with his tape measure as well. Yeah, <laughs> sixteen feet. That's regulation. <laughs> Uh, he spent three hours as he measures every inch of every inch in the <laughs> cage just to make sure it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get the scales out. 22,000 tons. That's right. Or whatever it is. 22,000 pounds. Sorry. 22,000 tons. Tons would have just sang the. Would have been in. Would have been in New York subway system. That'd be 22,000 tons. It really would. Um, then we get the, the recap package, um, the build up before it. They mainly focus on Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels' history. Um, again, not going to go into it too heavily because don't want to ruin a, a future episode. But they're really, they don't meant, there's no sound in it whatsoever um, other than the build up for the fact that it's Elimination Table and again going over the dimensions. They really want you to know how big this thing is. 
Sounds like, that's how Bishop's eager there. He really wants you to know how big it is. Really he is. Just, I have got I've got some gear. It is big. How big? Let me tell you. That's <laughs> 16 foot high would be worried. <laughs> With a 36 foot diameter. 22,000 pounds. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> this has been a longest episode of all time. Um, Oh, there we go, talking about length again. What's going on? Um, Jericho comes out first. At first, I thought that he'd lost the right, uh, WWE had lost the rights to use his music, uh, but then I realised that they cut to Saliva um, performing King of the World live from WWE New York, which is really weird that they have someone performing the entrance music who's not in the building. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is really weird, because I, 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 was, I was watching... I was flicking back through bits of it over the past couple of days. I was watching it through various, I like watching a couple of bits and pieces. And the first time I watched it was on the Daily Motion website. And obviously they, they were there. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't remember them doing the intro. But then when you watched on the network, it starts with Jericho already in the ring in the chamber when you jump at that, jump at that match point. Oh, I got okay. genuinely confused as to what year I was actually watching. That's <laughs> Well, I don't remember him coming out to a different entrance theme, to, to King of the World. I always just remember the, the sort of classic Jericho. Um, so it must have been a one-off. But he is the, the King of the World, absolute arrogant heel, doing the, the foot on the, the chest, um, muscle pose pins. I, I hated this as a kid, but re-watching it is such a good character. Yeah, he's... He's great. Obviously, any any time you have Jericho and you go, hey, Chris, just let your ego run wild. Just really, <laughs> just really turn put, it down. Just re- no, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like you're a charismatic individual. What are you going to do? Just go out and just be a dick with it. And he'll just go, yeah, you know what? And he just smashes it. And it's great because from what I've, what I've, I've ever, not like I've ever met him, but when you see him doing the stuff with Fozzie and the other stuff he does, he seems like actually quite a nice guy. So when he is doing the, the absolute dick kind of stuff, you realize, yeah, you know, you're actually a really decent actor as well. Yeah. I don't think he's acted in, he's actually acted in anything before, has he? He's done, he's done one. Maybe bits. I think he's done well, I think he's done one or two small bits. But I say, just his WWE character work, yeah, yeah. I'll say, when you, real, when you realize that how, I'll say, how nice a guy he comes across as generally outside of wrestling. You realize when he's doing all the heels of just how good he is. He um, starts narrating the Dark Side of the Ring episodes partway through. I can't remember exactly when, but yeah, they interview him quite a lot on there, and he's yeah, it seems it comes across a really, really good guy. Um, he is wearing the tag team championship around his, as Jericho would say, gorgeous waist. Can you remember, Chris? They don't reference it on commentary. Who was his tag team partner that he had the titles with? Oh God. Lance Storm? No, Lance Storm did have the titles around this point, uh, but it was actually Christian that he has it with. Ah, okay. No, I didn't. Yeah, didn't. Rem- did not remember that at the time. <laughs> not necessarily just bury Christian. Don't, even, yeah. don't, don't need him on the pay per view. No, well, it'd be weird for him to come out with the elimination chamber. Don't even get him. Have him out of ringside. Don't even get players there. Christian didn't even get the appearance for me. No, it's fair enough. Um, 
we spent 20 minutes talking about Jericho. It feels like we're talking longer about the entrances than they last, which is some going, by the way. Uh, Booker T up next. At this point, he's very over. The crowd are very into him. It won't be too long until he's buried in a, in, at WrestleMania by Triple H. Um, Kane, um, as I say, he's fresh off the Katie Vick storyline that everyone wants you to forget about, particularly Mayor Kane. Um, and it, we're not too far off the uh, Kane and Rob Van Dam tag team and that leading ultimately to the unmasking of Kane. Uh, he comes out to the fire burns. It's by far best music, I think, for Yeah, really solid, solid tune. Uh, Shawn Michaels comes out. He's got a Karen haircut on him at this point in time. A little, little short boy. <laughs> um, he's got the, the full sparkly, um, like, over top and, and chaps almost, but then he's wearing shit brown pants and cowboy boots. Yeah, sounds sounds about on brand. <laughs> yeah. Classic Shawn Michaels. Um, I didn't realise this until partway through the match, but they talk about this as his second match back. So he's had the street fight with Triple H at SummerSlam where he's just wearing a vest and jeans, and then this is his second match. So maybe... Um, He's just waiting for the shipping for his um, his classic red and and his very colourful heart filled tights. It's 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 one of those things though as well because obviously he comes back and they go, this is Michael's second match in four years, and you go, okay, fair enough. But his last one was only two months two months ago, so how long do they carry on for if he comes back full time? <laughs> do they go, well, this is this is Michael's eighty seventh match in the last four years. <laughs> It's a good point. My other, and I'm, I'm sure we'll come to this later. So this is his second match in four years. How has he got a title shot? <laughs> oh my God, if only he knew someone who's really... really... <laughs> know, yeah. If only he had some in with the champion or something. <laughs> um, Van Damme out next to a huge pop. He was very over at this point in time. He is. He's abs- As a, it's, it's weird with RVD because I've never... I know, obviously, all the ECW fans love, love him and just got him straight from the get-go. But as for me, not watching ECW, I never really cared massively about, about him. Even back in the day, watching him, he seemed to be fairly four moves and you know exactly what you got from RVD. But I watched him in, I watched him in this, and he's my MVP for this. He's absolutely he ruined. amazing through this match. He was really good. Um, and then out last, we have Triple H. You know it's going to be a long entrance time when Triple H is out last. Um, comes out with Ric Flair. I didn't notice Ric Flair through this match at all. So I don't know if he came out and then scuttled off to the back. But yeah, um, my main um, note on Triple H is some people look better with beards. <laughs> Triple H is definitely one of those people. Yeah, you need it, especially when you heal. You can't have clean shaven. Yeah. He does come out to a bit more of a positive reaction than I expected to this. The the crowd, I imagine it's a Madison Square Garden crowd, um, but there is quite a lot of cheers for him in the entrance. Um, I think... All... <laughs> sorry, go on. Sorry, I was going to say, I think a lot of people are just so pumped for the match as well that yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely anyone could have come out and they'd have been... Even if, even if, even if Christian would come out, yeah, if, yeah. I mean, if, it's like that. If you'd have, if you'd have that match, the Elimination Chamber, say a year, two years ago, even Roman Reigns, I think if he'd come out champion, would have got everyone would have still got mental. Yeah. 
And even even in being overpushed, people have still gone, oh my God, this match is coming out and people have been hyped. And as you say, because it's Madison Square Garden, because all the fans are right on top of that ring as well. So you've got this massive structure right there. And all the fans are just around. I think crowd are great. They're absolutely brilliant for this. Because we spent... <laughs> it's not like... Well, obviously, we love the crowd and we miss them because they've been during this time and thankfully they're coming back soon. We do spend a lot of previous episodes where we do slag off the crowd and moan at them for not being not particularly caring or being into it. So but you, you no, the crowd of manic. I didn't think they were. Like maybe you said you watch it on daily motion, so maybe it's slightly edited. But I thought there was large periods of this they start off hot, but then um until the, the final two, I thought they were quite flat. Yeah, I, thought it, they, um, I thought, yeah, I thought they were good. I thought they were good the whole way through. But then again, it's all opinion, and it. I thought they were. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were better. Than they normally are. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so as Triple H came out, I thought oh, yeah, it's been a while since Eric Bischoff came out. Twenty minutes to this point uh, since Eric Bischoff's entrance music started. So that um, you know, in the preview episode when you talked about you thought this would be the longest one. I think that explains yeah. quite a lot of it because <laughs> there's 20 minutes <laughs> where we're just waiting for people to come out to the ring. Yeah, you could have gone, got a beer, came back. <laughs> yeah, could have been great. <laughs> um, Rob Van Dam and Triple H start us off. Um, Van Dam looks so good in uh, through, through this one-on-one contest. So starts off with a spinning heel kick. Um, he hits a backdrop from inside the ring to the outside on Triple H. Um, the crowd are hot to start with. Um, and as I mentioned in the preview, so imagine that spot now, but instead of the metal grating on the outside, there's just a bit of padding. It's, it just doesn't work as a, as a thing. So, yeah, the old design chamber for that reason, I think, is far better. Yeah, I mean, the the, brilliant, the thing they do really, really smartly with this with this match is they don't go, right, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a bit of wrestling and then we'll lead in the people being hurt and showing how nasty the cage, the elimination chamber is. Yeah. They go straight out. They go straight out the, off the bat. They go, right, okay, so Triple H and RVD are in here now, rolling thunder on the outside. Let's immediately show how how dangerous and how loud and how injured people can get within the first three minutes. Yeah, exactly. So Triple H gets thrown into the door three times. I noticed that the ref at this point uh, tried to put the latch back in, and then the latch breaks. So the poor ref has to stand just holding the door to the, <laughs> the whole time. I I have a bit of a problem with this because that's the only side of the ring where if you hit the, uh, the, the side of the, the chamber, there's going to be a problem because none of the other sides have doors. So why would they not just use a different side to throw each other into? Maybe they just got confused as where they were <laughs> around the ring. Maybe. I mean, let's face it, when you look up, if you... <laughs> Unless you, you look it up, you, every side looks exactly the same. Yeah. So it's, it must be really hard to completely get your bearings in. Well, as the latch breaks, Sorry. Yeah, as I say, I say that as if the wrestling ring is completely different in every corner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I did notice, so as as the latch breaks and the uh, the door opens, Triple H has the wherewithal to grab it and close it as he falls backwards, um, which I particularly enjoyed. Um, Van Damme does his shoulder bumps um, on the outside and then it's the sort of backflip into the final one and, as you say, hits Rolling Thunder from the inside of the ring over the ropes onto the outside. Triple H is already busted open. We're about two minutes into the match and it's 
it's a, <laughs> I couldn't have been more. I couldn't have enjoyed the first couple of minutes of the match more. No, it's it's, it's ticked off my box. It ticks off my box immediately. Like yeah, so. So we're we're looking pretty pretty aggressive, pretty violent, and someone's already bleeding. I'm like, yeah. yes, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, AAA, uh, sorry, Rob and Dan then um, climbs to the top of Jericho's uh, pods as if he's going to go for the the five star frog splash off the top, but Jericho pulls his leg through and so his foot sort of slips in. That's so dangerous because, like. It's, there's so little room for error there. Like he could have easily ended up like putting his knee out by just getting that ever so slightly wrong. Yeah, is is a risky, risky one, as you say. All you, all it takes is as I say. Cause let's face it, the lights on. They're sweating buckets. It's slippy as fuck. I imagine up there anyway. All it takes is, as you say, Jericho's got his leg and his other and his other foot goes out from under him. Yeah. And he just rips and just tears the ligament clean off. Yeah, it'd be the worst start. Um, Van Damme manages to fight Jericho off and does a flip from the um, the turnbuckle to the outside of the ring. He looked so good in the opening minutes of this match, and it's full credit to Triple H because he's well, he knows obviously the result of the match, so he's given Van Damme his chance to shine. I wonder if that would be the case if Van Damme was being put over, but. Triple H sells for him ridiculously well, I think, here. And that's not something that you associate with Triple H at this point in his career. No, as you say, RVD here does look absolutely brilliant. He looks top tier at this point with what he's got going on. So, yeah, as I say, when I said about RVD being my MVP and not hugely rating him before this, yeah, yeah, I say, he's so smooth in everything he does. He's really... I was say, it's really, really, really good. Increase, <laughs> your, increase your word power. <laughs> it's hard to explain how, as I was like, that he started from quite a low base in what my in opinion mind, him was yeah. as a wrestler. Yeah, in in my opinion, it's, I'm, I was thoroughly amazed by how good he was in this. Um, Jericho comes in next. We get... <laughs> Did you notice how 90s the, the countdown timer seemed? It was like the, the sound effects when it was doing the lights flickering over the different pods. It sounded like they were about to break into uh, some Britney or something. I don't get why they don't put them. Obviously, the crowd are crowd counting down, so there has to be a timer visible somewhere. Yeah. So, but I don't see why it's not put onto the doors and the other LCD stuff as well, so that when you're watching at home, everyone can. Obviously, you've got the time coming up, but. If you have it, I'd ha- if I was running that, I'd have had that timer absolutely everywhere. Yeah, a bit like the rumble where it's the, the big thing is the, the 10 count. Yeah. Um, so Jericho um, comes out next. He, uh, Rob Van Dam basically carries on dominating. He goes for a crossbody to Jericho from the turnbuckle to the outside. Jericho moves out of the way, but Van Dam manages to, to catch the side of the cage and then do a sort of reverse crossbody. It was so impressive. And uh, the King, uh, genuinely, I've not made many notes on the commentary team tonight because I they just didn't really do much wrong, <laughs> which is not something we talk about a lot, to be honest. No, they were really, they were really well well behaved. It's got, they were both just, well, you, JR, you're going to get JR quality anyway. But even with King, they're both just selling on how 
nastiest structures is how people are going to get hurt. Both of them, they're on the same wavelength. Clearly, Vince set them down before and went, look, look, this is it. This is the key one message you only have to drive home. If that's it, nothing else, just this. This is that, all we want you to speak about. That and later in the match, you've just got to believe. Yeah, just got to believe. You just exactly. got to believe. Gerald's um, big on believing. <laughs> He's a believer. Um, so Triple H hits the high knee to, to slow down Rob Van Dam. Uh, he and Jericho then team up and um, slam Van Dam's back into the chamber over and over again um, as, as the clock ticks down again. Booker T then comes in, clears the ring, does a spinner Rooney, and then him and Rob Van Dam go at it with so many kicks. Just all of their offences kick, or, <laughs> kick orientated. Yeah, but then again, they they deliver him greatly. So they do, they do. I can get, I can, I'm fine with that. That's all right. I can tolerate tolerate kicking, um, kicking next, punch. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next big spot. So Triple H is down uh, near the corner. Van Dam climbs to the top turnbuckle, then looks behind him, realizes that the top of the chamber's there. That would have worked better if he'd not already been on the top of the chamber. <laughs> it's right. not a surprise, is it? <laughs> It would have it would have worked better when if they'd have gone <laughs> during the prediction and they were making this cage and they'd have gone right okay who are we gonna have in this match they go right okay so RVD blah 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 Kane whatever and they go right okay what spots we're we gonna do okay and RVD goes right I want to jump off the cat I want to jump off the roof of the cell and they go brilliant but slight problem we've already ordered the cage and you know and to change the height of it costs a bit more now so what we're we gonna do we're gonna keep the height the height of the cage is exactly the same and you'll have to kind of just fall on the Triple H. You've got about two foot to work with, so um, do your worst. <laughs> they remember yeah. it's kind of like, well, we've, we've ordered it now. It's like, that's, it's extra 10% added on the purchase price and we have to change it. <laughs> to this. Yeah, so I, I feel really sorry for RVD because... Yeah, there was just no I, room for... Because his, his frog splash normally, like a usual frog splash is a bit of a fall anyway. But Van Damme, when he does it, he leaps across. There's no space for him to do it whatsoever. So he hits a frog splash, um, lands with his knee across Triple H's throw, and Triple H did get legitimately injured from that. Um, he had a, a, I can't remember what the muscle is, but a, a, a torn muscle in his throat, which is makes his performance all the more impressive. <laughs> but yeah, it was a... a it didn't look great, but it's still a very dangerous spot. I imagine, I imagine it is one of the ones that looked really good if you were there, yeah. and you see just him come from that, just come down from that height. And it's only with the bet, it's only when you got the hard camera at home, you watch it, and you got the replay. If, if that had been me, I wouldn't have shown the, I wouldn't have shown the replay no. for it. <laughs> no. I'd have gone, no, just don't, just cut just the get rid of that. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, while Van Damme, I feel, I feel for him. Yeah. Oh, well. While Van Damme's down, feeling the effects of that, Booker T climbs to the top rope, hits a missile drop kick, and gets the pin. Um, a very impressive show for Van Damme. I've never seen Booker T win a match with a missile drop kick. So. <laughs> no, neither have I. But they had to give him, they had to give him something. He does. He has yeah. that at least Spinneroni in this match, yeah, and that is literally all they give Booker T to do. Yeah, um, he goes to pin Triple H. Um, obviously, after he's received the. The frog splash, but he manages to get his foot on the rope. Like, it's, it's something about like technical wrestling like that, about uh, the fact that his foot on the rope not being enough to put him away feels a bit wrong to me. 
it does in this it does in this match type where you go, yeah, it's legal, but we're going to fo- follow the rope technicality. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jericho then hits a bulldog to Booker T, uh, goes for the lion salt, but um, but Booker manages to roll through. Jericho lands on his feet, but walks into a big spine buster from Booker T. Um, the, one of those Farouk ones where he properly launches him up and then spit throws him down rather than a technical one. I thought it was quite impressive. Uh, Kane comes in next and absolutely dominates as soon as he comes in. He throws Jericho through the plexiglass. Um, the noise, like you, you can talk about it being a bit of plastic, but the noise it makes as Jericho goes through it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, especially since they've been, as, as I say, they've been making, playing up with this bulletproof plexiglass and how tough the glass is. Yeah. And then just have Jericho just go smashing through it. King does say it's bulletproof, but it's not king proof. <laughs> Uh, it's not that, annoyingly over the over the years. This will be one of those where we do have elimination chamber bingo, and we'll find it's not, it's not actually not actually bulletproof or various wrestler proof over the years. No, exactly. Um, Kane hits a chokeslam to Booker T, and Jericho then hits the lion soul on Booker T, which eliminates him. Um, Jericho is absolutely covered in blood from the plexiglass. He um, he notices that it's him and Kane left um, in the ring, so he tries to climb out and escape, but then Kane press slams him back into the ring. Kane is is very hot at this point. But the crowd, this is where I noticed, actually. So the crowd are a little bit flat, and I think it's partly that they're, they're waiting for Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, which is what everyone wanted to see in this match, I think. Yeah, I suppose you, you always run the risk, as, as you say, that's the, that's what we know they're finishing with it. We know that's how it's going to go. Yeah. So there's, I mean, at least they've, I suppose at least they used Triple H from the start, which makes a change rather than just having, normally yeah, they go with, let's say normally they go with Sean, <laughs> normally they go with Sean being starting as number one and just getting battered shitless before facing Triple H on the last one. So at least they did, at least it was nice to actually see Triple oh, H go We'll get to that bit of the match, Chris, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> but as I say, yeah, so it's nice to do it's nice to do it that way, that way around instead. But as I say, everyone's sitting there as say everyone's sitting there waiting for Triple H, Shawn Michaels. So I suppose, yeah, you may have a it fall a little bit flat at times. And as you were saying, with the match length as well, it's not like these are short matches. You're gonna have a little peak and trough on occasion. Yeah, I think yeah, the true. crowd were decent for most of it. Yeah. I mean, even without the entrances, this was 39 minutes, spell spells, so it's still quite a, a long match. Um, Kane, as we say, uh, was was dominant to this point. Um, we didn't actually mention Kane's look here. So he's got the the vest, the, the mask where his mouth is cut out, and he's got um, buckles all over his pants and his, his vest. Um, I don't think this is a strong Kane look, personally. S&M Kane. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. Um, the timer ticks down, and obviously we've only got one man left. Shawn Michaels comes in. Uh, they, again, talk about the fact that it's his only second match in four years. It's his um, thousandth match in 13 years, though, but they don't point that out. So, <laughs> um, he hits nice. a flying, <laughs> flying forearm to Kane. Um, Kane pretty much no-sells it, and then whips Sean into the corner, and it's the classic roll-up-the-ropes, as, as we've seen so many times from Michaels. Sells it like he's been shot out of a cannon. Um, Kane then chokeslams all three of Triple H, Jericho, and Shawn Michaels. Doesn't go for the pin. 
Instead, goes for the tombstone on Triple H. Um, Triple H manages to wriggle free, but Shawn Michaels hits Sweet Chin Music on Kane. Kane then sits up. Triple H hits the pedigree, and then Jericho hits the lion soul to, to get rid of Kane. That is how you protect someone that you want to build as a monster, but you don't want them to win the match. Yeah, again, Kane looked... Kane, he did exactly what you wanted him to. He, he came in, he threw Jericho through the, uh, through the plexiglass. He looks like a monster. And as you say, you protect him by having three finishes that actually end up eliminating him. Yeah. And you go, the crowd go away going, oh, Kane, yeah, I'm glad, glad that Kane's not the champion, but yeah, he looked really, really good tonight. He and really did. Him and, and he's, there, he's there to pick up a, a payslip for another 19 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're left with Jericho, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and Jericho and Triple H immediately start teaming up on Michaels. Um, there's big HBK champs from the, um, from the crowd. Michaels immediately, as, as soon as the thing, uh, the odds are stacked against him, starts bleeding. I, I didn't even see what necessarily did it, but just bleeds immediately. <laughs> just gets outnumbered, just starts bleeding. And he, I'm like, I imagine this is the same for Michaels when he's doing anything. Like when he's playing Monopoly and he loses half his properties because he had to remortgage him. His head just suddenly starts to play. <laughs> just the gash appears at his forehead. <laughs> yeah, that's the way that all his life works, I think. Um, so, yeah, they, they um, take turns dominating. Um, Jericho's taunts him are really good at this point, just constantly calling him, calling him a son of a bitch. Um, goes for the, the foot on the chest with the, the muscle pose I talked about as the pin. Um, Michael's goes for a comeback with the flying forearms, Triple H, and then does a nip up. But Jericho cuts it off with a bulldog and hits a lion salt for two. Um, Jericho then puts Michael's in the walls. Um, sorry, Michael's then put, manages to get Jericho into the walls of Jericho, but Triple H um, hits a DDT, which... Right. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I'm just going to say, while you, while you say walls of Jericho... This is one of my this is one of my bugbears with, with whenever Jericho when he had the when he had the walls of Jericho and he's ever and he's ever wrestling anyone or anyone else using they go, Oh walls of Jericho. No, because you, you have to be practically vertical for that to be the walls of Jericho. All the pressure based on round the neck. You need the knee, practically straight knee up. the top of the back and the neck. That's the that's yeah, the walls of Jericho. Otherwise, yeah, practically right? vertical, as you say. And then they just sit there, boss walls. Was no, no, it's Boston Crab. And let me bring that. Let me bring that up. I heard, I heard Jr. the other day commentating on a match, and he was really, he was really, really unhappy over a inside cradle being called a small package. He had a right, had the right humble oh, about right. it. He's like, he's like, he's like inside cradle. Some people call it a small package, but no, it's an inside cradle. Right, Jr. If that's how you want, how you want to play it, well, start well, calling the moon right. Since JR ended a, an episode of Dynamite recently saying, you'll never experience anything like an episode of WWE Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> he can shut up, I reckon. <laughs> um, but yeah, tri- um, Triple H breaks, uh, breaks that up with a DDT, which gets a, um, a, 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 a Jericho pin. But Triple H, for some reason, pulls, his Jericho, uh, pulls Jericho's leg off and they uh, break the pin up and then they turn on each other, which... Again, I think this is going to be an elimination chamber bingo trope. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating with that particular one as well because it's like as they made 
a big deal of earlier with, with Lawler saying it's not a triple threat match. So if someone gets eliminated, it's not like you lost. So that no one's going to no one's going to yeah, interfere. No one's going to actually yeah. yeah. So for the, him then just to pull him off, and you go oh, makes abs- makes absolutely zero sense that no. Um, so they go ahead for a little bit. Jericho puts Triple H in a Boston Crab like maneuver. We'll start saying that instead for a start. <laughs> um, and then Michael sits sweet chin music for the three count. So we're left with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> who, could have seen, who could have possibly seen this coming? And this was the point where they just talk all uh, about belief so much on commentary. So a couple of weeks before the pay-per-view, Michaels had said that he believes that he's going to be the world heavyweight champion. Um, and the commentary team, I believe. Do you believe? <laughs> because I do. I also believed. Everyone yeah. should believe. Um, oh, Shawn Michaels. Just... <laughs> sorry, God. No, sorry. I was just going to say it's it's, it's hard on there because you want because you want to get the crowd passionate. You want to get the viewers at home passionate about it. You want to get everyone everyone completely up and like, yeah, you know what? He could do this. It's like in the same way without wanting to go back to previous episodes. It's like the Austin Bischoff Survivor yeah. Series one, where he where he is left four, where it is four on one, five on one, and he's and he does it, and you're like. Yeah, and you do start a movie, you're like, yeah, you know what? Even though I know this is scripted, I know I somehow believe they may have done this this way, and yeah, they might have a win, and it might be okay. So I understand why they want why they want to do it, and how it can work if you get the balance right. But yeah, having it every having it every ten seconds is probably a little bit overkill. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Michaels goes for a pedigree on the grate outside, gets reversed into a catapult, and Sean gets thrown into the plexiglass. I would say through the plexiglass, but all it does is bounce. He, he hits it, and it just falls in. It doesn't actually break. Um, Triple H rolls him back into the ring for a two-count, and JR at this point, and this is, um, I don't know if this backs up my point of view slightly, but he says the crowd might be in stunned silence, which suggests to me that they are a bit flat. Or just stunned silence. Or stunned silence, yeah. <laughs> they had it right the first time. Um, they trade punches, um, the, the usual whip off the ropes. Shawn Michaels goes for the backdrop, but it gets reversed into a, a face buster. Um, and a, a, a massive oversell from Shawn Michaels as he hits Triple H's knee and then almost falls over the top rope. It reminded me of the, the Shawn versus Hogan match from 2005. <laughs> Him just pinball, pinballing around exactly. the ring. Um, the next big spot, so Shawn Michaels goes to the top for his, his elbow drop, realises a bit like we saw earlier that there's a, a, a higher structure before, uh, behind him, so climbs up and hits the elbow off the top. There's something about the, the height that they just can't get their feet underneath, like that they're landing on their legs, like, Really that's obviously, the thing, with this, that's the thing you can't you can't stand because you can't stand up. You can't get that spring because you can't because you haven't got the height. Normally, obviously, you crouch down, and then as you as you come off, your legs go practically your legs go practically straight or whatever, and you get that spring from pushing off of the structure. But yeah. because it's not there and they can't get the full length, they know that if they try to do that, they're gonna get, they're gonna, then they're gonna just kill themselves because there's no way they can control. No. what they're doing if they try to spring off it full. So they think, they look and go, well, you know what? The only way I could possibly can, can control this is if I just kind of fall 
forwards rather than spring. So we have the, I say, so we just have that slightly unedifying look where we see people falling, falling. It's like, yeah, it's like the koalas just falling out of trees. <laughs> we have people just falling off the top of the cage on people. What a comparison. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Sean drops the elbow, um, doesn't go for the pin, which King says, this won't work. Um, it tunes up the band, um, goes for the Sweet Jim music, his foot gets grabbed, he gets spun around, similar to um, what Austin did to him at WrestleMania to, to, to win the title, but he, um, Triple H hits a pedigree, uh, takes a very long time to go for the cover though, and Michaels manages to kick out. Um, Triple H then goes for another pedigree, Sean hits a backdrop. They both stand up immediately and he hits a sweet chin music for the win. Um, and JR, Shawn Michaels is world champion. I can't believe it. Shawn Michaels is world heavyweight champion. He's so passionate at this point. He should have just believed. He <laughs> yeah. can't believe it. I don't um, believe he believed enough. He did not believe. So, yeah, immediately after the match, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe? Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And there's so much confetti that fills the stands. I don't mind that though. I'm a, I'm a big sucker for confetti yeah. and streamers. It's a big moment, like being away for so long. Um, and Michael's just like, you can tell it's an emotional moment for him. Um, he has, has won the title after thinking he was going to have to retire all, all, the, all the way back when. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Chris? As, as I said, well, as I said in the previous episode, nearly, nearly spoiling the entire this first episode. I I love this. I really, really enjoyed it. I forgot how good a match this actually is. I'm not sure whether it's because it's the first one or whether it's just so long long ago that I've never felt the need to actually go back and rewatch yeah, all the old Elimination Chamber stuff. But as I say, I'm glad we started with this one because this one reminded me just how great these matches could actually be. And also, I've got the added bonus of seeing RVD looking really good when, as I say, my baseline for him has been considerably lower to start with. Kane looks strong. Jericho looks great. I just feel sorry for Booker T. is the only person I feel genuinely sorry for in this match. He just gets absolutely buried with doing fuck all. Yeah, he just doesn't get a chance to shine at all, does he? But, as I say, that's... Not taken away from any of the other guys because they all do great work. But yeah, that's yeah. the one thing. If I did, if I had to turn around and one thing to improve this match, I'd have given Booker T a couple more spots to actually have everyone shine in it. Yeah. What about yeah. yourself? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. It, as you as you mentioned, it ticks a lot of um, a lot of boxes. There's a lot of blood. Um, there's innovation off the top of the the pod, um, albeit that they. I assume adjust it. So I don't remember in later years the spots off the top of the pod looking quite so. Um, te- is tepid the right word to use? Again? Yeah. Um, and the the spots. It was always going to be the case when you've got um, bulletproof glass in a, in a WWE structure that you're going to have people thrown for it. But it ticked all the boxes for me. As you say, Van Damme looked really good. I thought Kane. Um, was really well protected and looked really good here as well. Um, I was expecting it to be a bit of a slog um, with it being with there being 20 minutes of entrances and build and it being Triple H at this point, but it was really good. And Triple H does a, a really good job here, like of sell. Well, I know he did get it, um, 
legitimately injured, but he put over Van Damme really strong and lasted the whole match. And yeah, I thought he was great. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed the match. What are you giving this one as a star rating then, Chris? I am giving I'm giving this one four and a half stars. The only reason I'm giving deducted a half is that A, the underuse of Booker T. When I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you can't look make everyone look good apart from one apart from one person and just bury them. Yeah. That annoyed me. And the only other thing I I feel is when it go, when it goes to Michaels, Triple H. I'm not sure how long they actually go just the two of them. But for me, it's too long. I don't think you even need, I don't think you need to go as long. No, it, does, it does go about 10 minutes after after it's down to the two of them, which I think it was going to be the case because of the fact that it was like a long blood feud between them. But it's, this isn't the time to, to to do that, especially after Triple H has been in the match for half an hour. Yeah, exactly. So but they're, look, they're lucky, I suppose, that the crowd were so, perked, were so happy to see Triple H and Shawn Michaels again go one-on-one and look like Michael's going to win the title because yeah. if you have half hour and then you, if you'd have done that with anyone else and had half hour and then done another 10 minutes just two people going at it before someone won I think you'd lost a lot of the crowd at that point so right. but that's why I've given it four and a half in total still brilliant but I'd say just a couple of little niggles yeah I've gone exactly the same actually four and a half um, I'm not sure why I've not given it a bit higher but I maybe I'm slightly spoiled by the Hell in a Cell spots but Although it was very physical and there was a lot of blood, like the, there wasn't um, the, there wasn't like a, a particularly like really memorable spot other than um, Jericho being thrown through the pod, which it, that's not that creative for me, I don't think. Which is why, although I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, I I don't think any of the spots and that memorable I thought like the five star frog slash off the pod could have been but because of the execution wasn't so this I think is more memorable for the fact that it was the first one and you had Shawn Michaels winning the title um, so yeah I've gone four and a half um, more importantly though our twi- uh, Twitter and Instagram followers gave a rating on this one um, we, I've averaged it out across across all the votes and it was 3.9 and lots of other numbers so I'm going to round that up to four so they've given it four stars. In future episodes, um, don't forget, obviously, you can follow us at SelectMatchPod across all social media. Um, the only other rating left to give then, Dave Meltzer, four and a quarter stars. So it seems like everyone's on the same kind of wavelength for this, I think, then. Really good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a really good match. There was a few people that did give it between one and two stars through uh, Twitter and, and Instagram, which I was slightly surprised at. What more do you want from a wrestling match? They clearly want Eric Bischoff to come in and explain <laughs> the me- explain the measurements of the cage to them yeah, while they said they watching it. Oh, you see that chain? Eighteen inches. Where's the temp? Where's the temperature? Where's the tape measure? Um, up next, then for the competitors, so we have Sean and Triple H uh, continuing their feud, which leads to a three stages of hell match at Armageddon, where of course Triple H wins the title back. Uh, Booker T ends up winning the tag titles. Um, at the next, at the same pay per view from Jericho and Christian, can you remember who Booker T won the tag titles with, Chris? Oh God, no! I really can't. I feel I feel really bad when I say, "Oh, they buried Booker T," and I can't even remember anything anything about his career in WWE. It's when he teamed with Gold Dust. Uh, okay. 
Well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't sell secrets. No, it's such an odd, it's, just, it's such an odd choice. Yeah, you know you you know you look you look at WWE, WWE sometimes and you go, you say like Kane and Daniel Bryan. Well, the, were, that was like a real works. comedy comedy mismatch. Yeah. So Goldust would always do the the sort of overly camp um, character that he was, and there was also the spot where Goldust got thrown into the uh, the wiring behind the stage, and so he developed a stutter. Is any of this ringing a bell? Yeah, this oh, I was just I'll say it's just one of them weird. Really, really weird parents. I just can't. Yeah, I don't see. If you gave me the, if you gave me the quote now, if they were, if they were both at their peak now, and you went, oh, we're going to team Booker T with Goldust, I'd still see her and go, no, that's not something <laughs> I want to watch. No, fair enough. Um, and the the other two, so Kane and Rob Van Dam, do end up teaming up together in the Royal Rumble, and then end up becoming the the tag team that they would go on to be for months until Kane. Um, has to unmask but after losing a match to Triple H and turns on Van Damme. So basically, we've got tag team for everyone going forward from here. That just does remind me how great Kane's tag team work is. Yeah. You look at the people he's worked with, he's just, he's, he's really, really solid. I was just thinking, I was literally just thinking then, oh yeah, because obviously they have the, is it the following Survivor series that they have the Kane RVD. Ambulance, yeah, they have an ambulance be. match? I think it might be an ambulance. Uh, some kind of... If no, the following Survivor Series is the um, Shane McMahon ambulance match because um, oh, okay. um, Kane too is the only Linda McMahon. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's all part of the same remember, story. They, right? Yeah, because I remember they do the backstage stuff where Kane's going to set RVD on fire. Yeah, yeah. And I did, yeah, so I'd say, well, that reminds me of it, just how good... I'd say how, whether it's work with him to take a Brian RVD, just how solid, de- how stupidly dependable yeah, that Kane is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, that's it for this episode. All that's left for us to do is tell you what we're going to cover next. And you've got a choice for what the first time ever, Chris. I'm going to give you a choice of which direction we go with this. We can go the the orthodox route of, uh, not orthodox route, as I should point out, but we could go chronologically and go straight to the second ever Elimination Chamber match. Or we could go to one of the worst rated pay-per-views of all time and ECW's version of the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> We're going to cover Let's, both. We've, we've, so. we've, yeah, we've we've had we've had brilliance. Let's have awful. Let's go yeah. EC. Let's go ECW. There's so, nothing I love nothing I love more than watching a truly awful ECW pay per view. So up next, we're going to Dece- December to dismember. The only thing I remember that's good about it is the. Uh, <laughs> The Sandman's arm coming out of a chimney covered in fairy lights. And if that's not enough to get you back next time, I don't know what it is. Thanks as always for listening. Thanks very much, Chris. Thank you very much for having me, Si. It's a pleasure as always. I'll speak to you next time.